Hello and welcome to the Untranslatable Podcast. Today we are recording episode 84, and we will be discussing what America means to us. And let me specify when we are using the term America, we are referring to the United States. Uh, I met a uh, girl from Brazil a while back, and she kept correcting me when I said America because she is also an American. But today, when we say American, we're referring to the United States and being United States citizens, just so that's clear for all of our listeners abroad. Um, I guess as Americans, we tend to be a little um, a little selfish, I guess, and like to consider ourselves Americans. Or maybe it's just easier to say American than United States uh, of America citizen or something like this. I'm not really sure. But anyways, that's what we'll be discussing today, some things about the United States we like and we dislike and what it means to be American. So a very broad topic, but we're very excited to bring it your way and curious to hear what you think. And I'm also very curious and excited to hear about what my fantastic co-host, my buddy Jared, has to say. Before we get to that, though, how's it going, Jared? Hey there. You make a great point. What should we call ourselves? German, German, people from Germany are Germans. People from England are English. People from the United States. United just... Statesians? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> uh, we, we have literally just co-opted Americans as our own. That's what people call us. Mm-hmm. Um, so I understand why people that also live in North America, Canadians, South Americans, would get annoyed by that. But that's also what those people are calling. What, what would they call us then? That's what I want to know. That would be my question back at them. Gringos. Speak for yourself there, Chief. I got a, I got a different one coming my way. Uh, <laughs> but hey, before we get to that, spread a little love. Uh, please follow us on Instagram, Untranslatable Podcast, Twitter, Untranslatable One, the number one. You can email us, untranslatablepodcast at gmail.com. On all of those things, you can send us untranslatable ideas. You can send us topic ideas. You can tell us how much you love us because we know you do. Or you could spread a little love and really show us how much you love us. Uh, A couple of you guys did do that. And thank you very much for those five-star reviews on uh, iTunes and Stitcher. Now, see, I believe I mentioned that we needed somewhere between like 5,000 and 10,000. And we didn't get that much. We were close. We were very close. (laughs) So close. So now... We can also always reach for the stretch goal, which was a smooth 20,000 by next week, and that would be That's great. Right. And then that would make me totally forget that uh, most of you guys didn't listen to me when I politely asked for a five-star review. Unless you're one of those people using, like, I don't know, Pocket Cast. I don't even, I don't even know what's going on over there. Um, but <laughs> other than that, um, you know, it's uh, – let me start by saying uh, I – Jared, I'm trying to turn my unemployment into fun employment, Chad. As you know, oh, I like uh, that. I like that. I got I got laid off recently, and it's been officially as of today. Yeah, I got, yeah, as of today, actually, it's been a week. Um, and I'm I'm trying like uh, yesterday. Like I think it started to catch up with me a little bit. Yesterday was the first day where I really didn't do much. Mm-hmm. And that sort of idle time is not good for me. Like I start thinking about stuff and I start getting like anxious and stuff. Sure. And uh, the whole like sitting at home with nothing to do is going to kill me for for if, if I it, like it's really throwing me off. I was at piano yesterday and um, and like I was making these simple mistakes in, in songs that I've 
fully memorized. Like there were sections of songs that I just couldn't play, and I and I fully memorized them. And okay. I told my piano teacher, "I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm just like, I'm super distracted right now. I cannot stop thinking about my phone and just like waiting for phone calls because I have applied to jobs and stuff. And I like, I like, I just can't get it out of my head. And um, I part of me thinks that's valid can, things to think about. Also, part of me needs to realize that it's literally been a week, and like people. Like I need to give people time. <laughs> sure. Um, and it's only been a week for literally some of the jobs I've applied for because some of them I also applied for earlier this week and not you know the week before. But anyway, um, so anyway, I'm trying to turn this unemployment into fun employment and get my mind off of this. First thing, uh, which I started doing the other day, is I mountain bike, and usually I go on Saturdays and Sundays because that's when I have the time because I used to have a job during the week. Right. And now I thought, hey, how about I go during the week? I went the other day. It was empty except for a few people, uh, a few old people with their Nordic, Nordic sticks. Yes, nice. <laughs> nice. And I thought that was great. I had the place to myself. That was awesome. Another thing uh, that I got a recommendation from one of my friends is volunteering. And she gave me a list of – I'll even – I'll go through them. She gave oh, me a nice. list of some um, – of some places that I should uh, I should look into just to keep myself busy and to give mm-hmm. back. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them is the Philadelphia AIDS Thrift, which is a thrift store uh, here in Philadelphia that you know or a, raises money for AIDS awareness and stuff like that and uh, HIV prevention. So I'm, I I might why not might I actually I already have the website up. I'm gonna apply to that. Another one is the Philadelphia Horticultural Society. I'm not actually sure what that one. I haven't I haven't looked that up yet. I, I guess I could do it right now. Sounds interesting. Center. Um, the whole t- is a modern exhibition hall and greenhouse located in beautiful Fairmount Park. Oh, I know what that is. I've 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 walked by there. It's 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 like a um, it's like a it's like a uh uh what do you call it? It's a greenhouse, is what it is. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. it's just like gardening and stuff like that, and trying to keep up a nice nice greenness here in the city. Another one is the local Arba. Arbot- Ar- Arbortum, which I guess is a similar, similar thing. Arborium? Uh, it says Arbortum. Maybe she wrote it wrong. Okay. Huh. Arbor... No, she didn't write it wrong. Excuse me, Sydney. I'm sorry. So uh, Arbortum <laughs> or Ar- Arborsham? Well, it's spelled A-R-B-O-R-E-T-U-M. So I, I, I guess uh, maybe oh, okay. it's shum. He, huh? Who knows? Anyway, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Mighty Riders is another one, Habitat for Humanity. So that's another thing I'm going to do. Another one I'm finally going to do, which I brought up a long time ago, is I'm going to go find my. I'm going to walk into that German society either today after this uh, yes, podcast, nice. depending on the time, mm-hmm. or tomorrow for sure. And I'm going to see if they can hook me up with a language buddy. Just walk in there and be like, "Hey, I got the time. Give me some, one of your that's German right. speakers and let's chat." <laughs> you know, you know what you ought to do. You got to pop on that that slick Austrian jacket. Oh, that's a good idea. I thought you were going to say my multicolored jacket. <laughs> Ooh, that's also not a bad idea. I think that would be better for the uh, the the place at the greenhouse since it has all those cool flowers. Oh on yeah, it. yeah, yeah. All of butterflies landing all over me. That's right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You know, though, buddy, that's a that's a really great idea. Um, are there any Are there any like after school stuff for kids, especially music stuff, you could volunteer for? That might be really interesting as well. That's a good idea. I mean, I'm not like, I like, I'm. Not, I don't consider myself. I, I, what kind of music stuff would I be doing though? Because you know, like, I'm not really a music oriented person. I, other I than have, like, I, I have no idea. I, I have no idea. I just figured that might be kind of cool. Uh, yeah, I'm not really sure. 
another thing too though dude if you have the time especially if the weather's getting nicer you should see if there's any like pickup soccer or anything mm. like that around the area it's a good that idea might, that might be really good i i always find when when you know i have a lot on my mind sometimes it's good to go out and run around especially soccer where you're you're with other people you can kind mm-hmm. of talk with them and gets your mind off of things quite a bit um so so yeah but that's definitely that's, what i'm trying to do right and that's great though i think uh i think making your unemployment to fun fun employment uh is a is a great idea thank and, you uh, and i think you know the the other thing is to it's so easy to just sit around and worry i mean you know that i definitely do that too much mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and so it's it's good to keep yourself busy um and and i think as well if you can keep yourself busy it'll also make you a bit more focused when you are applying for jobs, because if you just sit around all day and you're not doing anything, you could kind of be more lackadaisical about it. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Yeah. And that's definitely, I mean, I've, I mentioned before that, you know, my job now is to find a new job and, and that's definitely my goal. But like, that's not a, that's really not a eight hour a day thing. Like, <laughs> right. I, I could only apply to so many jobs I, I, and it's just like, it's, it's not a, it's not an all day thing. So even exactly. though that is my main focus and goal, um, it's definitely not taking up the same amount of time that having a job would take. And right. in general, I, I don't, I don't do well with, with, uh, a lot of free time, which is why I happily take on so many of the podcasting duties because I, I just like having, I, I don't like having free time. I really, it's not, not good for me. Right. And you so, do a great job at it too. So. Thank you, thank you. Um, so yeah, now, I I do have a question for you. Do you mm-hmm. have like email alerts set up for for jobs? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do have a couple. I do. Um, but uh, the thing that I'm also trying not to do is I'm trying not mm-hmm. to just like apply to like as Everything. many jobs as possible right out the mm-hmm. gate. Right. Um, I, I I so I'm trying to kind of do it and and batches almost so like i've applied since in the past week i've applied to five jobs and one i don't want to apply to too many because i want to be like i have a list obviously but i want to be able to keep them straight in my head sure of course and also like like if if i do get calls uh which i guess i i would assume that eventually i will you'd hope (laughs) oh i'm sure you will um it's uh i don't know i just don't want to like overload myself with 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 all these options, because I, I th- which is a hilarious thing to think right now, as I'm staring at my phone waiting for one. But like, it's just like I don't know. I I, I just think there's. I just want to space it. Like I have time too. Also, like technically, right. it hasn't even been like, like it's been week one since I've been laid off. But not technically. How much? How should I say this? So, uh, not technically week one. Uh, like week the actual, like on calendar week one is the end of the week. So it hasn't even been technically a full week, even right. though it's been a full week since I, my last day in, in day in, in like, I see, I don't, I don't, I'm trying not to get too much in the weeds here. <laughs> but right. anyway, yeah. Uh, so I'm going to get back to you that, uh, on next episode and tell you how, uh, the volunteering signup has gone and how the Sweet. language buddy thing has gone. I mean, the mountain biking thing will definitely happen. That's, that's right. the easiest one. I just have to wake right. up. Uh, also, yeah. also, I hope you're playing some more music as well. I've been, I have a crazy goal, um, and and see, my, my problem is, as as you know, Jared, I'll I'll sometimes make goals or have these ideas. I tend to have too many ideas and I don't stick with them, right? And so this is an idea that I really hope I I'll stick noticed. with. 
<laughs> One idea that that I had recently, I was actually it came up today. I was listening to the Beatles album Revolver, which is mm-hmm. one of my favorite Beatles albums. It's got a lot of great songs on there, like Taxman, uh, "And Your Bird Can Sing," "Doctor Robert." There are all these great songs, and I realized out of that album, I think there are only one or two songs that I'm not a huge fan of. Otherwise, I love pretty much the entire album. And I thought, you know, what would be fun and challenging is once a month try to learn an entire album or at least all the songs off of an album that I like and mm-hmm. learn how to play the album. You know, if it's an album where I like all the songs, learn the album from, you know, the first track to the last track. Um, and so I think I'm going to do that with Revolver because there's a lot nice. of really cool guitar stuff. Um, and and what I want to do then is kind of map out different genres and styles I want to cover. Um, so the Beatles would be more like, you know, classic rock. I'm going to have a Jimi Hendrix month, so that'll be pretty sweet. Um, I feel like you've had a Jimi Hendrix decade or two over your pro- lifetime. Probably, probably. <laughs> but there's a lot of like kind of not as common Jimi Hendrix songs that you know I know about them because I'm a huge Hendrix fan. You would probably know about most of them, but a lot of people have never heard of them. Right. Uh, and, and the cool thing about this idea of mine is that I'm really hoping it will bring some more connectivity to my guitar playing um, I feel like I know my way around the fingerboard pretty well, but I'm hoping that this will open it up even more. And, uh, so yeah, so I'm starting with, uh, Revolver starting after this episode. I think I'm going to learn the song, uh, and your bird can sing revolver. That's right. Great. That's um, not a revolver sound. That's but anyway. right. That's a shotgun, <laughs> but either way, but yeah, another crazy thing though, dude is so this, uh. I realized this week and next week for school. The next two weeks are really weird. So this week I taught Monday, Tuesday, half day Wednesday, half day Thursday. Tomorrow I have the day off. And then next week on Monday, I'm super excited. You'll be geeked about this. On Monday, I'm going to Mlada Boleslav, which is a place in the Czech Republic where the Škoda factory is. Oh, so we're going to the Škoda factory, and for Let me our send listeners, you my resume there, and just pass it out while right, you're there. there. There you go. <laughs> you end up being in the Czech Republic after I leave. That would be that would be hilarious. Um, but yeah, so so we're going to Škoda, and for those of you who don't know, Škoda is uh, I would say the biggest car company in the Czech Republic. I think they make some really nice uh, nice rides, some good whips, as we might say back in the states. <laughs> They're skirt, definitely skirt. not hoopties. That's right. <laughs> Um, so that'll be really fun. Uh, I'm not looking forward to getting there though. Uh, so early, we have to be at the school ready to go by six 15. So it, that'll be a, bright and early. Oh, because you work for like a, uh, technical school. So exactly. it's a field trip for them. Exactly. So we're oh. going to go to the museum and I believe the museum, uh, the tour will be in English and then the factory, the tour will be in Czech. So who knows, maybe in a couple episodes, I'll have some interesting new Czech vocab for you related to <laughs> cars and Škoda. So that'll be fun. Okay. And then next week, we have Easter break. So that means I have Thursday, Thursday, Friday, and Monday off. So uh, I have five days off. I'm hearing it on the road again. That's what I'm hearing. You know, that's that's the thing. I've been thinking about that. It's been a while. I, I was it's It has been a while. And I was going to go to Budapest with my buddy David, but unfortunately, David... Uh, is sick with mono, and so we still? canceled. He still can't travel. Well, I think I think he can. I think it's just uh, you know he's still probably pretty fatigued. I oh, think yeah, he's I just getting that. over the the fever symptoms and everything. Um, still can't drink alcohol. I'm also taking a month off just because. And oh. I have to tell you, man, Parada. it's been really difficult 
for Czech people to understand. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> like, I was with a really good friend of mine over the weekend. Uh, he's a teacher at our school. Uh, I play guitar with him. He's a great guy. And we, were, we went on this beautiful hike. And uh, he goes, so you want to get a beer? And I was like, yeah, I'm not really drinking right now. And he's like, he was like, what? Like, <laughs> no beer? He's like, but, you but doctors, <laughs> right? Like, doctors here say beer is healthy. And I'm, and eventually, like, I talked, I, like, he really was persistent. I was like, all right, fine. I'll, I'll get a Rodler. So I got a mm. Rodler. Um, uh, but I mean, it's, it's, it's such a central, a central part of, like, socializing there. Oh, for like, sure. What do you do if you're not going to get a if you're not going to drink beer? Where where would when you, every place you go to, uh, whether it's a restaurant or not, like that's probably going to be a, a right. liquid option that most people are going to go oh, for. Oh, for sure. And it's really good. I mean, the quality of beer here is fantastic. It's smooth. Mm-hmm. It tastes great. Uh, it's mm-hmm. perfect on a you know sunny day, and the weather's getting you know getting much warmer, and it's really beautiful now here. And also, the sun is just starting to go down. At what is it like our time? It's eight o'clock, like eight twenty. So yeah. But anyways, so so it'll be interesting to see if if I can actually go the whole month without alcohol. <laughs> I don't think it's a it's a question of my willpower. I think I could easily do it. But the problem is, I'm sure students will invite me to the pub, and other mm-hmm. people will say, "Oh, let's go out." And I don't know, man. People just. It's weird. People don't understand if you're just like, yeah, I don't want to drink. Like, I would ha- be happy to go out and socialize. Right. But I think a lot of people here don't really get it. Um, so we'll see how that goes. I mean, I've had the same struggle where, where uh, like, I, I, I want to do something like that. And it's not that I, I can't do it. It's just that, like, it's like, well, I want to hang out with this person. <laughs> right. And uh, they want to go get a drink. So I'm just going to sit there. And, and it's like, and especially since it's not like, a problem for me where it's like why am i not doing this like it's not like i'm 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 taking a month off because i i'm concerned i'm an alcoholic um and um and so i, I understand that struggle cuz i i've had the same struggle and, and it's 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 tough cuz it's such a i mean you know even here in the US where um where we don't pride ourselves like the Czech people do on alcohol per se but we still right. it's still a major part of our social you know social situations oh absolutely yeah it's so it'll be interesting to see but i'm uh but anyways speaking of on the road again um i've been trying to think of places to go near here where i haven't been yet um and so so i'm still not sure um but i'm going to keep keep it in mind keep the pot in mind as well and hopefully Hopefully, we'll have a new on the road again um, yeah. sometime next week. I mean, I have five days, so I might just take one day and go somewhere. Um, and then hopefully, hopefully, I'll find a hotel that's a decent price and the Wi-Fi won't be too shoddy so we can actually record. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. On the road again. That's, that's right. Point. That is right. So, yeah, so we'll see. I think about that hotel Wi-Fi that we always have to deal with. Right. Maybe an Airbnb would be better. It, it, I mean, it, it, it's all a crapshoot, man. It really depends. It right. really, really depends. But right. we'll see. So I'll keep that in mind. If you have any ideas or if any of our listeners out there have any ideas, uh, let us know. Untranslatablepodcast at gmail.com. Uh-huh. Untranslatablepodcast uh, on Instagram or untranslatable1 on Twitter. Let us know if you have any potential on-the-road-again places you would like me to travel to during the Easter break, ideally somewhere in the Czech Republic. I'm also not too far from Germany. I've been thinking about Poland, but the problem with Poland during Easter break is like, because it's a very Catholic country, I think mm. most places will be closed. Uh, okay. Uh, I thought so. you were going to say the opposite. I thought you were going to say it would be like a super touristy time in a lot of the bigger cities. I, it, it very well could be, but I think a lot of the stores and shops and things mm. might be closed due to Easter weekend. So I have to keep that in mind as well. But anyways, Jared, I think it's time we... 
Spread a little love. I'm with you. I'm with you. Part of my fun employment is to not get be so down on myself all the time. Keep that positivity mm-hmm. up. That's right. Um, and I thought that this is, couldn't have come at a more perfect timing. That my 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 shout out that I would like to give um, because it's very apropos to our topic today. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It, it, it's a uh, the shout out goes to a basketball player named Kyle Corver. He plays for the Utah Jazz, um, and he's one of the few. Uh, uh, white stars in the NBA, and there's a reason why I bring that up. I'm not just <laughs> bringing up his race for no reason. Right. Uh, he wrote a piece uh, called in, in, in a in a uh, publication online called the Players Tribune, which I found interesting. I, I kind of want to look more into. I guess it's more like a place where where like athletes of various sports can write about whatever is um, on their mind. Like I'm looking at the homepage and. Someone from the San Jose Sharks seems to have written something. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, uh, he wrote a piece called Privileged. And uh, he talks, he's talking about uh, well, white privilege from, from his standpoint as a white person and, and white people's role in, um, in, uh, in sort of improving race relations and, and, improve, and acknowledging and addressing some of the... Um, some of the what, what's the word I'm looking for? Like some of the, not oppression, but like um, some of the the struggles or the, yeah, I I know what you mean. Um, yeah. I mean discrimination, right? Thank you. Yeah, that works. Yeah, uh, addressing and and uh, some of the discrimination that that's still happening today that I think a lot of white people. Uh, don't pay attention to because it's you know we it's so easy to say that's the 21st century we're not like that it, we were in the 50s right. or 60s. I don't I, see color. Yeah. Oh, thanks. That's a real compliment. Right. Uh, oh, fuck uh, those people, man. I've had I've had good friends say that to me, like thinking that they're complimenting me, and I'm like, and I'm like, oh, I do. Trust me, I see color. Right. Um, <laughs> right. But um, he wrote this piece, um, and I thought it was great. He talks about how um, how he's seen situations like one of his old teammates. Uh, got arrested at a club one night, and his, some of his first thoughts were sort of like, "Why was he at this club? Oh, what kind of stupid shit was he doing?" Right. And it's just sort of these immediate thoughts that him in in his privileged state can think. And I just thought it was great. Uh, if you want, I could read some quotes from it because I did write some a- quotes. Absolutely. Down. And and I want to say while you're while you're looking um, at those quotes real quick, I just want to say too that I think this is a really important discourse that we need to have. And more athletes and fans as well need to be aware of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it would be great too if we could share this article because I think this article is absolutely fantastic. Chad never pays attention to our social media, but I already did. But I can share there, it. A- <laughs> there we go. There <laughs> I can go. share I'm it again idiot. when the episode drops. <laughs> um, yeah, no, check our Twitter and it's there. But I'll I'll share it again once the episode comes out. So uh, it's it's at at the top when you guys get this episode. Um, but yeah, and I also, in addition to what you're saying, I also think it's important to come from, like, I think it's even more important to come from white people because I think a lot of times when the pe- the target audience, which is mostly white people, hear it, they hear it from a from a black person or a person of color. They're, they're, it's 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 sort of like, well, you're supposed to say this, or like, oh yeah, I'm, like I, I don't think it's I don't think it's taken as seriously. I think it's just kind of like. I, I don't know. I just don't think it's taken as seriously. I think it's unfortunately. Important. I think you're right. I think it needs to come from a white person for people to actually listen to it. 
Um, And so, and obviously it's even more useful when it's coming from a white person that has, uh, you know, that's, you know, well-known or famous in in Mm -hmm. the public eye Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, because then they have more followers or more people that pay attention to them, of course. Uh, So here are just some, some quotes that stick out to me. Um, now this is in the middle of a sentence, so uh, but you'll get it. I don't think I have all, I have all the answers yet, but here are the ones that are starting to ring uh, the most true. I have to continue to educate myself on the history uh, of racism in America. I have to listen. I'll say it again because it's important. I have to listen. I have to support leaders who see racial justice as fundamental, as something that's at the heart of nearly every major issue in our country today, and I have to support policies that do the same. I have to do my best to recognize when to get out of the way in order to amplify voices of marginalized groups that so often get lost. And I think that's important, too. But I also think mm-hmm. that I, I I don't want him or people to downplay their need to speak up, too, because, as I mentioned before, I think a lot of those people that are probably way more educated on the topic than Kyle is, they don't get listened to. Right. Uh, but maybe more than anything, I know that as a white man, I have to hold my fellow white men accountable. Absolutely. And I think that's something that's real hard for people that I would consider my close friends. I don't even think can do that. Calling people out for stupid shit they say, nobody wants to do that because then right. then it's almost like the person calling you out's the asshole instead of the person that said the asshole stuff. Or it's like, oh, I was just making a joke. Yeah, it's a stupid right. joke. Right. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've been in those situations and I hate to admit it, but yeah, I haven't called them out for that reason. Dude, I've been in those situations too and I haven't called people out. Right. So I, I mean I get it. It's it's I'm in no place to 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 say shame on you, Chad. <laughs> right, Cause, right. Because I've right. done the same thing where it's like oh, that's not cool, but like it's just easier for me to just like like what like first of all they probably won't listen to me. Or what also happens is that people just get so defensive and they just go yep. like, oh, I'm not a racist. Yep. I was like, exactly, okay. exactly. Yeah, but you said some racist shit. Okay, like exactly. you're my and friend. I, I get it, but you still said some racist shit. Right. And that's exactly what I wanted to point out. I think, I think you can, I think you can, well, mm, I don't know if you can even really say that. I mean, would you say, would you say, Jared, that, so say someone says something that's racist. I think, I think it's better to tell them, I mean, not that I've done this before either, so I guess I should get off my pedestal here. But I mean, I think, <laughs> I, think we should, I think we should be able to tell somebody like, hey, that's that's racist. You shouldn't say that without the implication being you're a horrible person and you're racist. Because right. I think I think if the if the immediate reaction is, oh, but I'm not racist, you're not really listening. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, and that was Oh, sorry. I th- I'm sorry. And, and you you're good. And that was the thing that that I really loved about this article um, uh, by Kyle Corver is oh, the yeah. fact that a lot of it has to do with just listening. You know, mm-hmm. um, I'm not perfect. I'm sure I've said racist things in the past as well. All the but, time. Uh, exactly. And so, and so I mean, this you know, is why I brought this up. <laughs> no. Exactly. Uh, so, so yeah. You so make a great I, point. Though. I agree. Because he mentioned he did make a great uh, he did make a great example of that. Russell Westbrook was recently in the news because um, some dude in the stand said some racist shit to him, and well, Westbrook got got mad at him and you know called him out like in the middle of the game. And that's another time when when Kyle Korver mentioned where his first thought was like, well, that's Russell. He's always getting into it with fans, and he's always kind of a hothead. And then, you know, you come to find out later that the dude said some blatantly racist stuff to him. So it kind of makes sense that he'd get mad. But um, he also said that, but that's the easy stuff. Like, 
racism is not just this is not just people calling someone the n-word or something like like i mean it is that's racist but <laughs> sure like that's 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 the smallest at least to me that's like the smallest issue as far as racism goes the, the obvious racism is is not is it's it's like okay yeah we know that or it's like it's i think the hard part is recognizing racist stuff that's way subtler than that or like mm-hmm. or in policy that you know in like government policy where it's like right. oh that's turns out that that's mostly just targeting black people or it's mm-hmm. like uh yeah so uh, i thought that was great too especially especially even the the small microaggressions that that minorities and people of color have to go through on a daily basis you know um and what's what's really funny is there was this really good video by this guy in tennessee and maybe i've brought this up on the pod i'm not sure but he did this video about how people were complaining about wearing a Make America Great Again shirt, uh, uh, shirt hat. And I mean, they have shirts, all, too. All, 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 yeah. All, the, all <laughs> the, the things that these people with the Make America Great Again hats were saying were basically things that, that people of color, minorities, and also you know um, people in the LGBTQ community go through on a daily basis. They mm. talked about, this guy talked about how, you know, well, they were uncomfortable that they would go to a bar and people would snicker at them or stare at them or, and it's like, it's like, well, how do you think somebody feels when it's not a, a clothing option that's, that you can take off, but that's their life on a daily basis. Right. Right. And, and, and also think about why, why it is that that clothing option elicits that sort of uh, reaction from people. And that, right. and like, well, you think that's just out of nowhere. Um, there's one more thing I want to mention that he said, cause we've kind of talked about it, but he said it better than, than us rambling here. Two concepts that I've been thinking about a lot lately are guilt and responsibility. When it comes to racism in America, I think that guilt and responsibility tend to be seen as more or less the same thing. But I'm beginning to understand how there's a real difference. As white people, are we guilty for the sins of our forefathers? No, uh, I don't think so. But are we responsible for them? Yes, I believe we are. He's essentially just saying that, yeah, you, it's easy to say, oh, I didn't own slaves. But it's like, it's, but that, that's sort of negating the fact that slavery still has a huge impact on policy uh in this country today and that white people are still benefiting from from some of those mm-hmm. policies and it's Definitely. still affecting black people right and, uh, and i i really hate it when people say oh slavery was so long ago it really wasn't that long ago i know that's that too <laughs> that's also a great point <laughs> right uh and yeah and also people also say that as if like on the day that the Emancipation Doc- Declaration was signed, all the slaves were just like, oh, sweet, let's get out of yeah. here. <laughs> right, yeah, that's not how that worked at all. That's for <laughs> let's sure. Let's go start businesses. <laughs> right. But yeah, this was a fantastic article. I got to mm-hmm. thank you, and I got to thank your your uh, dad for sending this your way, because yeah. this is a fantastic article. Shout out. Definitely big ups to Kyle Corver. Um, and everyone out there, give this a read. I think it's a must-read Um and this only scratches the surface. I also think I'm uh, very lucky to have uh, like uh, parents that that understand the stuff and that are sharing stuff like this. I think that's great. Right. Uh, I, I'm sure that's not happening in a lot of families, especially non-black ones. Right. Oh, for sure. For sure. Uh, well, my uh, shout out uh, today, Jared, well, I have a few of them. But my first one goes out to a very, very famous pop star uh, T-Swift, or Taylor mm. Swift, she donated $113,000 to uh, the Tennessee Equality Project to fight anti-LGBTQ bills. So for our listeners out there who aren't aware of what's going on in Tennessee right now, 
Um, there have been quite a few different bills in the state, um, and one of them that permits adoption agencies to discriminate against same-sex couples based on religious beliefs. Uh, and so, you know, well, first of all, for me, this hits home because my my sister has a partner. Um, they're a part of the LGBTQ LGBTQ community. They have two beautiful children. Um, I'm very proud to be her brother and be my nephew's uncle. Um, and, you know, I think that we shouldn't, it's, you know, it's 29, 2019 people. We shouldn't be, we shouldn't be worrying about whether, whether or not someone likes men or women, uh, you know, sexual orientation shouldn't be as big of a deal as it is. And so um, I think it's great that Taylor Swift is donating some money to the Tennessee Equality Project to help fight some of these horrible discriminating bills, um, which I just think is absolutely fantastic. I agree. Comedian uh, Marsha Warfield, I'm trying to see if I can pull it up quickly, had a great, great tweet about this. She, um, she, uh, oh, damn, now I can't find it. I can, I, I could give the, like, the, uh, she tweets a lot. Damn, Marsha. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, she essentially just was just saying, why is it that, um, she, damn, Marsha? Uh, well, she's, uh, she was essentially just asking, why is it that, um, People claim that they, uh, damn, I thought that was it. Uh, I'm still going, still going. Can you still do a command scrolling. F? I'm on my phone, though. Ah, okay. Uh, I could have. That would have been a good idea. But she is, uh, damn it. Oh. No, that's not the one I was looking for. Oh, I found it. Why nice. do people, it was four days ago and I took all that scrolling. Why do people think they get uh, they get to agree with homosexuality? It, it's like agreeing with being short or left-handed or stupid. <laughs> I thought right. that last part right. was funny. And, but, uh, <laughs> and us as lefties, we can definitely relate for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And um, yeah, I, was, I, I, that even, I just thought that was a great tweet because uh, it's like, what do you mean agree? It's like there's nothing to agree with. <laughs> it's like right. it's just, it is what it is. Exactly. And, and you know what? If you don't like it, I mean, well, I mean, f you. You, 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 you well, <laughs> well, you don't, you don't have. You know, it's not like you have to date a man or a woman. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's not it being no forced upon you. you. Exactly. Just, just go home and live your life. You know. And it's so funny that uh, that they're concerned with um, with like that, like, oh, we we can't have these these people adopting children. It's like, first of all, so is the better option is that they just stay in the system with no family, uh, exactly. and that no one that cares for them or someone that actively wants what do you think that these uh gay people are going to do that are trying so hard to get children it's just so ridiculous to me exactly exactly and the hoops i can tell you personally the hoops that you know they have to jump through um i mean it's hard for straight people i can only imagine right uh, like the, right. how much harder it would be and especially now people. with some of these really discriminatory bills coming out i mean i can tell you with my sisters in order for them to adopt each other's child they had to go all they drove all the way to south carolina and had to go to a courtroom man. and have a judge do it it was crazy um and i have to say man it was really cool they 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 made this uh i think my my sister's partner's parents made like this book and uh they, they showed it to me and, you know it was pictures of their journey and everything and i don't i don't remember what the what the last, what the quote was on the last page of the book, but I was flipping through it. I was in front of the whole family, right? And I'm flipping through it and it's like, you know, getting all the feels, right? Mm -hmm. And then at the end, I think like, 
I think the quote was something along the lines of, you know, at the end of the day, all, all we all we need is love or something. I almost broke down and cried in front of my whole family when I was <laughs> reading that book. Um, so, yeah. So, you know, I think we should let our brothers and sisters, regardless of sexual orientation, have the same rights as everybody else. Mm-hmm. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. That That's a bold statement there, Chad. <laughs> <laughs> so controversial. Sadly, it kind of is to some people. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But to me, I'm like, yeah, duh. Uh, <laughs> right. So, Jared, have you uh, been seeing what's been going on on the internet lately, the last the last day or two? I mean, I've been seeing a lot of what's been going on, on the internet. Have I mentioned I'm unemployed? <laughs> that's true. Well, have you seen the picture of the first ever black hole? Oh, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this. so my next shout out goes out to Katie Bowman, who is a 29-year-old computer scientist. And Dr. Bowman is the one who made the, the realization of the first photo of a black hole possible. Do you know how she did it? Kind of, yeah. I have, I I mean, have an article here. I, I, you're like, of course, it's easy. I could so, have done this. So, so what's time. crazy is, so, so first let me give uh, our listeners a little background. So first of all, the photo... It shows a halo of dust and gas. This is the crazy part, Jared. 500 million trillion kilometers away from Earth. Um, and so uh, this, this, was, uh, this realization or this image, um, use, you know, we used to think it wasn't possible to create this. So um, what's crazy, though, is so um, uh, Dr. Bowman started making the algorithm to, to make this image three years ago while she was a grad student at Massachusetts Institute of uh, Technology. There she led the project, assisted by a team uh, from MIT's Computer Science and Artificial Intelligence, Intelligence Laboratory. Um, and then what's crazy, though, is so, so she... Uh, uh, I forget how many terabytes it was, but there's a picture out on Twitter um, that has uh, it's crazy. I mean, you just see stacks and stacks of hard drives mm-hmm. of this image, um, and I don't know how. I don't a hundred percent know how they did that, but basically, there's an algorithm uh, that converted telescopic data into the historic photo. Um, and j- just for our listeners okay. out there who, who, who <laughs> right who don't know, in mathematics and computer science, an algorithm is basically a process or set of rules used to solve prog- uh, problems, and so. There's no single telescope out there that's power enough to capture the black hole. So they use a network of eight telescopes to set up using a technique called interferometry. So some new vocabulary words, not only for us, but for you guys out there. Uh, And the data they captured was stored on hundreds of hard drives that were flown to uh, central processing centers in Boston, U.S., and also in Bonn, Germany. And so uh, Dr. Bowman's method of processing this raw data was said to be instrumental in the creation of the striking image. So big shout out to Dr. Uh, Katie Bowman. Um, it's really amazing. But you know, Jared, the internet never uh, ceases to impress or disappoint. And there are already tons of memes of the black hole. I saw a really funny one uh, today. Uh, so the joke with a lot of guitar players who keep their picks in their pockets is once they put their pants in the washing machine or, or, you know, if you drop a pick, it goes into this black hole and you never find your guitar pick. <laughs> so I saw this hilarious picture of the black hole and then it was zoomed in and in the center of the black hole is a bunch of guitar picks. I so saw, me as a guitar player, I thought that was great. I saw one similar to that where it was uh, the spot in between your uh, your driver's seat and your glove compartment. Where yes, you- <laughs> yeah, definitely. There is also one... Um, 
<laughs> this one comedian, his name's Stavros, and he's like, did you guys see a zoomed out version of the black hole pick? And it's uh, <laughs> it's him with uh, him uh, completely, he's kind of like a chubby dude, and mm-hmm. it's him completely naked with the black hole covering just the middle of his butt. <laughs> Oh, that's great. That's too funny. That is too funny. Uh, but yeah, that's oh, cool. Man. And it's actually kind of, to me, three years doesn't seem like it's that long at all for to do something like that. Like that just right. seems like it's not that bad. It's really impressive. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Jared, do you have any more shout outs? Uh, no, that's, that's it. That's it. I have one more. So okay. I would like to spread some love to uh, three teenage boys in Caldwell, Idaho, who have been hailed as hometown heroes. So my shout-out goes out to Victor Ornelas, Isaac Hernandez. Uh, oh, no, it's more than three of them. Uh, or No, I said a group. Good, a group. So Victor Ornelas, Isaac Hernandez, Diego Ramirez, Devon Ornelas, and Josh Song were on their way to go play basketball when they drove past an elderly gentleman named Jose Gomez, who... Uh, who was an elderly man with a walker who had fallen onto the ground. And so they noticed he fell. They stopped the car, parked it, and helped him up and went all the way with him home and uh, cleaned his wounds. Wow, Um, that's great. And I think it's really amazing when you see acts of compassion like this, especially from teenagers. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I mean, they could have... You know, I, I remember kids in high school and they were assholes. And I, I'm sure there are plenty of kids who would see this poor elderly man fall and probably be laughing at it, right? Um, so I it's really a story mm-hmm. like that. There was a story a couple of years ago where uh, some, I think, I think it might have been so uh, like a mentally challenged kid was like, was stuck and like was drowning or something. And these kids were laughing and filming it for the gram and the kid died. Oh, geez. Exactly. So. Big shout out to uh, these five teenage boys, Victor yeah. Ornelas, Isaac Hernandez, Diego Ramirez, Devin Ornelas, and Josh Song. I'm doing the right thing and uh, helping out um, helping out uh, Jose Gomez. So that's yeah. really great. Mm-hmm. We need more people like this. Mm-hmm. Don't forget to help uh, your people in your community and your fellow humans. Spread a little love. Yeah, that was a good one. That was a good, that was a good shout out uh, segment right there. It was. I feel. I feel good. Like it. It feels nice to spread this positive attitude uh, into the universe a little bit. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. Now let's spread some untranslatables into the universe. Let's do it. By the way, for those of you guys that don't know, we have a website, untranslatablepodcast.com, and uh, you can at least see all of the untranslatables that I have uh, brought up. Not all of them, because I'm slow to update it. But I'm updating it. You can see a lot of them now that'll last you a while. And there are right. still more to come. Untranslatablepodcast.com. Check them out. Uh, I'll start, I guess. My first one's Persian. And it's Koda, uh, Kohoda Vikili. And that literally means God as an attorney. I mean, that, that just means, I think that just means he's, he's the one who ha- has the final judgment, right? Like, like be careful what you do because God will be your attorney. Uh no. No. I thought you no. had it too. There oh, there's okay. a um we have a something similar to this. Actually, let's see if I can give you a clue that'll help you figure this out. So okay. the Persian the Persians say God as an attorney. Mm-hmm. The us English speakers, we have a saying that means essentially the same thing, but it's God as a different member of a of a law of a law of a courtroom. Is God's the the judge, right? God as my witness. 
God is my witness. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. So it's like it's like I swear to God, or like honestly, or like right. Uh, so it's essentially just saying, just like I couldn't be any more tr- honest here. God's right. I'm my telling lawyer. you the truth. God's my attorney. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Okay. I like that. That's good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Well, Jared, uh, it's ironic you mentioned that uh, you're you're going to go to the German Society because I have two German ones for you mm. today. All right. So you can throw these out uh, when you go to the German <laughs> society. So the first one I have for you is auf dem Schlauch stehen, which means to stand on the hose. Um, now, I, I understand the imagery that that would present, but I'm trying to figure out what that would mean. Uh-huh. Sure. Is that like stand on the hose? It's not like cutting someone off or like... Um, nope. I would say this effect, this affects you generally well per- well i mean it i guess it could affect yeah maybe that's misleading i'm trying to think of how to basically basically think about who it's someone who needs the water from the hose oh it's just like you're denying someone something or it's like a kind of um i'm trying to think of a good example for this one like uh okay so you know i uh I waited till the last minute to uh, do my lesson plans for my classes next week, um, and then when I when I went to go do them, um, the power went out in my apartment and my battery wasn't charged, um, and so I was not able to uh, do any of the lesson plans. This doesn't mean to procrastinate. It means you got like you got screwed over or something like that. Basically, basically to be at a loss. Uh, yeah. Okay. Why do you? Be oh, because oh, I'm because uh, I keep talking about being unemployed. For is that why you say that, it has something the, to do no, with me? N- no, no, no. Oh. I meant I meant like the per- <laughs> usually like if you say like I'm standing on the hose means like I'm at a loss. Right, right, right. At first I, you mentioned not, that not it, you personally just I or you know what I mean. At f- no, but at first when you first started giving an example, you said this is usually me or something like that. Or I meant like this is usually referred to as I got gotcha. you. Yeah, I'm with you. yeah. Anyways, you got, you anyways. Got me back. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a Czech one by the way? You said two German ones. Of course, I have. Just a Czech make it, one. Just make it sure. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> I have another one though. Uh, uh, give me the other German one first, actually. Okay. Then I'll go. Halt die Ohren steif. So keep your ears. I don't know what steif means. Stiff. Keep your ears stiff. Oh, like keep stay on the lookout. You know, keep your. Is it like keep mm. your eyes peeled? Almost would it be the no, English version. No, not really. Not really. Okay. We we have an English one that has to do with our head or our chin. Yeah, it's like this person's head's on their shoulders. It's like this person's got a head on their sh- head. Or your chin. Your chinny chin chin. <laughs> um it's like you're like it's like you could take a hit. <laughs> I don't know. I mean you're getting closer. You're getting okay. closer. You keep your ears stiff. Keep like Keep your head on a swivel. Nope. <sighs> nope. I thought I had keep it. Your, that's a good one, though. I like Watch keep your, your head back. on a swivel. I had a hockey coach that would always say that, which is true for hockey. If your head's not on a swivel, yeah. you're going to get your Someone's clock get, cleaned. Yeah. Uh, and it's even worse sure. getting getting checked when you're not ready for it. That's, that's the oh, worst. Oh, for sure. For sure. I've had such situ- situations like that in soccer. That's when you get to breath, your the air knocked out of you. Yeah, the, the, the wind, wind is knocked out of knocked you. Knocked out of you, so. yeah. So, halt die Ohren steif. So, Jared, for example, you know... Um, you know, you've been searching for a new job 
this week, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe you tell me, you know, well, yeah, I haven't gotten any calls yet. And then I would tell you, Jared, keine Sorge, halt die Ohren steif. Mm. Keep, your, keep your head up. Keep your head up or keep your chin up. Exactly. Okay. I got you. Thank you. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> My next one is Turkish. And it's, uh, hold on, let me, dad eyes. Balik etli. And that means fish fleshed. And fish fleshed. Interesting. I'll give you a clue because it, just on its own, you wouldn't really know where to begin, I would assume. Nope. <laughs> um, so we love this. First of all, you and I love this term. Uh, Second of all, it's popular on um, it's popular not only on social media, but it's also popular specifically on um, Black Twitter, and I'm starting to believe maybe Turkish Twitter as well. <laughs> huh. There are your hints. You so, probably won't think of it because you're too nice of a person to, to for your head to go here. Okay. Huh. Fish fleshed. Fish fleshed is that. Can you give me an example? Another example. Lead lead me in the right direction here, Jared, because I'm I'm not fish fleshed. Is it like so it's something more negative, yeah? No. No. It's not. Well, some some people, some specific people might find it negative. Some so other like people shade? No. Some other people might take it as a compliment. Uh, it depends. It depends on. It depends on the community you're from. Depends on weird flex, but okay. I have no depends idea. Depends on what you're into. Okay. What What is it? Um. It means a Turkish. Well, let me give you this. Start by saying this. Turkish men tend to uh like wit like their women with a little bit more uh, meat on their bones. Oh, and thick. So, yeah, with two C's. Thick. With two C's. <laughs> All right. All right. And so it's a, it's a, and this is a lovely compliment to curvy girls. So it's not an insult at okay. all. It's a compliment to a, to a lady that's thick with two C's. And that's why I said it could be a compliment okay. or it could be an insult. Some people don't like that. I mean, I don't mind a thick lady. I, I feel I like, like it. I feel like, look, if I'm doing some squats and my booty's getting a little <laughs> thicker, I'm cool if someone someone even calls me thick. Why not? <laughs> Why not? Uh, all right. Well, that's interesting. Fish flesh. Good to know. All uh-huh. right. So my last one is check. And I will preface by saying there's kind of two ways to say this. You can either say stara pisnichka or oberrana pisnichka, which basically means an old song. An old song. Is it like same shit, different story kind of thing? No, not not really. Um, I'll, like I'll give you like an example, a real world example. Uh, I think it was either last year or two years ago, Despacito came out, right? Mm-hmm. And they were playing it all the time, right? And now I think it's become an old song. Oh, it's like a... Not dated, but it's like um, like not cool anymore. Essentially, exactly. It's when something is played, been played so many times, it's just not interesting anymore. But you can use this phrase in connection with promises, proclamations, or statements repeated too often to be trustworthy. I'm going to keep that in mind. There you Speaking go. Speaking of which, I meant to mention this a while ago on this pod. I mean, on this podcast a while ago when you were talking about music. Uh, speaking of old songs, I believe about two weeks ago, if not longer, you mentioned that you were going to send me um, chord Some progressions chords. and we yep. were going to do that. Yep. 
and I, I didn't bring it up because I was like, Chad brought it up. I'm not gonna, I'm yep. not gonna, I'm, I'm not gonna remind him. But uh, you, I, I, you just made me think about that. Yep, Stara Pisnichka, old song. There you go. <laughs> uh, well, hopefully yeah. we'll get a new song in the near future. Maybe, All right. maybe. So, I, Jared, I, I was listening. Speaking of that, though, I was listening mm-hmm. to a podcast yesterday, and um, they also have a theme song. A lot of podcasts do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he was like, uh, he's like, why do we do this? He's like, why do we play this? He's like, and, and, and then the, his co-host is like, that's a good point. Most times that I listen that I listen to podcasts that have theme songs, I just skip past them. <laughs> right. And, uh, and they're like, I don't know, but they still do it. But uh, that just it got me thinking. It's like, yeah, why do we do it? I was like, right. I don't know, but I kind of like it. But yeah. I think there is something to- I, I like to... listening to ours before we get started. <laughs> Puts me in the right state of mind. People don't see because we have a theme video as well on uh, on uh, YouTube. But uh, also, you could watch us on video on YouTube, but we do usually dance along to it beforehand. <laughs> right. And uh, you know what? That might have been why, a little bit why, my intros were off when we were in Berlin together. Because mm, we had I think no, so. We had no introduction song, so it was just like... And we also didn't have somebody going cut with like the, right, the TV right. thing, so so it was like, oh, are we we're starting? Okay, we're we're doing this. Yeah. Well, when Don was there, we were literally just having a normal conversation, and I was like, oh, by the way, I've been recording. You're welcome to actually start whenever you want. It was right, just kind of exactly. out of nowhere. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, it does definitely like, and I think that there is something to in our brains connecting song to a specific thing. So I do think there is actually mm-hmm. something to it on a deeper level. I think so too. I think so too. Uh, well, good, Jared. Well, I think it's time for us to discuss what America, and when we say America, we mean the United States of America, what the U.S. means to us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, first, uh, is that is that my cue? <laughs> that is your cue. That is your cue. Absolutely. Silence. I was like, oh, okay. Um, well, first off, let me start by saying I'm, I think I'm done with pretending that I love America as much as I do. And I think I'm done with sort of prefacing everything everything about that I'm about to say with like, oh, but it's not all bad. I think that's all BS. And I think that's sort of like a, almost like a defense mechanism. And I think it's BS because mm-hmm. I don't think I fully agree with that. And I'll tell you why. My first thing when I hear America is I think nationalism. But I think more than that, I think I think a fake nationalism. Nationalism right. disguised... Uh, to hide as racism, <laughs> hide yeah to, to disguise racism, xenophobia, um, just all sorts of phobias. I, I I think that it's 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 a it's a it's fake, and um, but I think that it's a very it's a very like it's a very uh, big part of the U.S. is just like this whole belief that that uh, you know America's the best and I we love everything about America and if you don't support the troops then get the fuck out because uh, they're the truest of American heroes on the earth and I'm not saying joining the military is is uh, is not a is is not a brave thing to do but I, I'm mm-hmm. starting to get tired of their rhetoric because I don't right. I, I I think it's I don't I don't buy it from the people that that push it you know what's interesting about that too Jared I think Obviously, as many of our listeners from the States or around the world, I'm sure they're well aware that I would say in a lot of ways, Americans pride themselves on being like super patriotic. But Mm -hmm. I think the idea of patriotism has changed a lot. I was watching a really interesting documentary last week about Richard Nixon and Johnny Cash, actually. It's on Netflix. Um, It's called The Man in Black and uh, Tricky Dick or something like that. That was, you know, Richard Nixon's uh, nickname back then. Um, but here's the thing. In the 60s, um, this is really when 
I think the idea of patriotism started to change with like counterculture movements and hippies and everything else, you know, because a lot of people, I think patriotism, sadly in America is viewed, I think in like two ways. The one way is the very populist nationalistic support our troops, support our flag. This is America. We're the greatest country in the world, right? Put your that's hand not, over your heart. <laughs> that's right. Hat off, hand over your heart. Whereas Unless you're at home on your couch, then just eat your wings and drink your beer. And, exactly. As they're exactly. doing the national anthem. <laughs> right. Wearing your wearing your American flag t-shirt, you know, getting your, your ranch or your wing sauce on your American flag t-shirt. <laughs> um, but then the other, the other uh, I think the other type of patriotism, which I would say I tend to associate myself with more, is being more critical about our country and wanting America to be a better country. You know, saying, I think it's very patriotic to say that there is racism in America and we need to do something about it, right? Right. I think to me, that's a more productive type of patriotism than just saying, oh, we're the greatest country in the world and blah, blah, blah. You know, I think that's a really cheap superficial type of patriotism and much like um much like we were talking about before saying that also like i think it's similar to when one of those people that we're talking about hears that you know that's racist they think that there's someone saying they're racist i think it's a similar thing Mm -hmm. is when people say that about about the um about the u.s a, a lot of those nationalistic people will then think of some some country that's like worse off politically or worse off you know as far as safety goes and be like well right. uh, you know would you rather live in blah 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 country where people w- w- once again most of the time people make up stuff that happen you know like would you rather live in this country where people are getting killed all the time bubble it's like like just because i say that there's issues here doesn't mean i'm just like i gotta get out of here immediately <laughs> right right and i think that's the thing i think there's a big problem with a lot of uneducated people in the states who the moment you say anything critical or not overtly positive, they get very defensive and almost like it's like a personal attack. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why, why are you taking this personally? Like, it is how it is, and we're hoping to change it for the better. You shouldn't be taking things so personally, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. I think I think the patriotism in a lot of ways, or at least maybe not patriotism, but the, the strong nationalism we have can be very problematic in a lot of ways. It's really starting to get bastardized, bastardized these days too, like especially with the flag. Like mm-hmm. the flag has taken on a whole new life of its own to the point where like if you like the, some of these hardcore uh America over everything people like they're rocking like like those grayed out flags or something like that mm-hmm. or like have you seen like the flag with like uh with like it's like it looks like the flag, but it's like a, I don't know. It's like pun- the Punisher's head or something like that. Oh but yeah, it's yeah. like with the with the thin blue line going through. It's like you know you know what the thin blue you know what that flag I is do supposed know what that to means. represent. Yeah, yeah, because all the police cars have it. It's the Blue exactly. Lives Matter flag. Exactly. And there's now there's now a uh, there's now a firefighter version where it's the same grayed out flag that with it's the red. red. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like who's not supporting you guys? <laughs> right, like, right. Who doesn't want you to come to their house as fast as they can <laughs> right. when there's an issue? <laughs> and I also think it's interesting because isn't it? I don't know. I don't know what the code is in the Constitution, but I'm pretty sure you're not actually supposed to make other renditions of the flag. That's what I thought too. Like those, I could all be these, wrong. Like but yeah. I thought that too because there is this whole sort of respect the flag thing, and I th- I thought like. I definitely thought the same thing, and I've seen this ar- these arguments on Twitter, and it, they're so dumb. But I am curious about what the actual answer is, even though the arguments are dumb because right. it's on Twitter. But like, do you, you know Keith Olbermann? He's kind of a, a mm-hmm. you know uh, hardcore liberal, 
and uh, Tammy L- Lackluster. She's a hardcore uh, uh, re- Republican. <laughs> and uh, like a couple oh, years Tammy. ago, uh, <laughs> a couple years ago, they were having like this stupid back and forth about like who is disrespecting the flag because there was like a picture of her with like a um, on the beach with like a um, like an American flag blanket. And mm-hmm. he was like calling her out for uh, disrespecting the flag. Because well, I thought you were, uh, you know, I thought you loved the country, but look how you're disrespecting the flag. And then there was another picture of him, where um, where he was like hugging, like wrapped up in the flag, making some sort of mm-hmm. statement about America. And she was like, "Oh, I thought you were supposed to love like, the country too." And it's like neither of you guys give a shit about this flag. Shut up. <laughs> right. right. It was just so dumb to me. It was just like this, and that goes along with that fake nationalism thing, mm-hmm. where it's like. Who are we kidding here? Neither of you guys care about this like that. Like neither of you guys care like that. And right. the flag right. is the flag is I don't know. Like it's just like it's the flag is an inanimate object. Who are you offending? Who really? Right. Right. I just And and it, and it really bothers me when people like strongly associate our flag with other things. Like, oh, if you disrespect the flag, you disrespect the troops. It's like, where do you even re- really draw that line? <laughs> like the, the, the yeah. flag, the flag the has- own the flag, by the way? Right, right. <laughs> the flag has 50 stars and 13 right. stripes. I wonder how many people, by the way, who are so passionate about the flag, even know what, I mean, the 50 stars is obvious, but I wonder if they really know what the 13 stripes represent, which is the or- 13 original right. colonies. They're- but- no, but go it's, ahead. It's, it's really it's it's really funny though. Like, wh- when did the flag become a representation for our troops? Right, right. I, and I, I don't why? Know. I don't know. I don't know. Right. I, I don't. I don't. I don't get it either. Like, why? Why is that? Like, it's like a symbol of the troops. It's like the flag represents the troops. It's like there. There are more. They're like they're not the only Americans. <laughs> right. It's like it represents the troops and everyone else that lives in this country. Um, there was a uh, there was a comedian on a podcast I listened to a couple. I've been just been bringing up all sorts of other podcasts other than our own. There's a, a I listened to a podcast. A, this is a couple months ago, but there is a, a comedian that used to work in like a convenience shop of some sort, and um, he worked there around 9/11. He was saying that uh, like they couldn't keep a flag in stock during 9/11, which makes sense, I guess. You know, America got super patriotic during that time for obvious reasons. And he said that they were always selling out of flags to the point that they would be selling um like like people would come in and be like like yeah, we don't have any American flags. We're sold out. And he's like, oh, "I'll take that one." And he's like, "That's a Liberian flag." He's like, "I don't care." And so they're like, not oh only were they God, selling American flags like crazy, they were selling Liberian flags like crazy, which for those of you that don't know, Google it. A Liberian flag Looks similar to an American flag, except it has one sort of big star, where okay. the uh, where the U.S. were like the fifty star or the fifty interesting representing the U.S. It's, it's really funny you mentioned that though, Jared, because well, one one what's interesting is most Americans our age um, or older, so born you know in ninety one ninety two or older, most of us I remember exactly where I was and what I was doing when nine eleven happened. Um, yeah, me too. And and I remember, like, the day after it happened, I remember my parents, my mom being like, we need to go to the store and get a flag. And, like, <laughs> so many houses in my parents' neighborhood were flying a flag after that. And you know what? Yes, it was a horrible atrocity, you know, absolutely. But it was interesting that at least after it happened, it seemed like for a while that people weren't as concerned about other things and we were all a little bit more connected as Americans. See, I, I would agree with you to a certain extent. I think it, I think as a black person, I, I agree with you. 
But I think um, maybe some of our fellow that's Americans true. in Dearborn right. might disagree. <laughs> right. That's they true. might our say Muslim life Americans. got a lot harder. I right. say Dearborn for those of you that don't know, which is like, you know, 10, 10% of our listeners get that. Dearborn is a, is, has a huge uh, Muslim and Arabic population. Fun fact, it's actually the biggest population in the United States. Oh, there you go. And I, I, I'd say there was definitely a lot of unity um, in America, but I think that it was, it was just refocuses our xenophobia and our racism is all that's I really true. Do. Yeah, you're right. You're 100% and right. And I think, that once again, true. that's a perfect example of the, that's like a perfect example of that fake na- uh, nationalism right there. Where right. it's like, you're not, you if you're, that's, you don't, I, you're not, I don't believe you is all I'm saying. <laughs> right. Right. So Jared, we've talked quite a bit about a lot of the, the negative, negative parts that we oh, associate with the States. <laughs> I know you're not, but I want to, I want to bring some positivity in this. Okay. I do have and some I, positive ones too. I, I think, I think one thing that America really means to me in a lot of ways, and obviously this is a little idealistic, but, um, the idea of diversity, I think mm-hmm. there is nowhere else in the world where there's diversity like in the states especially if you go to big cities you you go to new york you go to chicago you go to detroit Mm -hmm. um you know i think it's really amazing to see all the different people hear their stories of how their families came to the states um you know there's also so much great different types of food in america it's funny when students ask me what my favorite type of food is to eat in America, I think most of them expect (laughs) an answer like hot dogs or hamburgers or something right what do you think my answer is jared uh probably chinese food maybe not chinese food i mean it's uh italian food something that's not american i know that mexican Uh, food there we go (laughs) mexican food yeah and that's the thing like here in the czech republic we we have some mexican restaurants and they're not bad but they're nowhere close obviously to authentic mexican food from mexico but i think that there's a lot of places in the states if you find the right place they can do a pretty good job of mexican food well that's because we have a much higher concentration of real uh mexicans or real people with real mexican heritage right uh and so you get you get that authentic food more like their grandparents used to make rather than like a uh taco bell (laughs) 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 um yes i i like that one and uh you know i i really appreciate that um living in philadelphia philadelphia was the first time as an american that i've really experienced that level of diversity you know i i grew up in Kind of in in the in the suburbs of, of the of Michigan, uh, excuse me, in the suburbs of Detroit, and it's relatively diverse. But like you wouldn't not you wouldn't think that by the schools I went to. Like right. I still, you know, I remember my elementary school. You know, I could count on one hand how many black people were in my school or something like that. And I really enjoy that about Philadelphia. I mean, it's it's a uh, super diverse, and there are I I, I love um, that le- I love those like um, very clear. Uh, like those very clear sort of neighborhoods where it's like, oh, this is, I like, I, I don't know, I just like seeing a whole bunch of different people. I like right. that. Right, and that's what's cool about Chicago as well. Is you know they have all the different types of neighborhoods, and you can see different cultures and things. And another aspect of diversity I wanted to mention before we move on, I love the diversity of the music in the United States. I mean, mm-hmm. the U.S. is home to blues music, to jazz music, to country music. I mean, a lot of pop music. Some of it's all right. Um, I think the only, the only genre of music that we can't really attribute as being, uh, you know, a part of the United States really is classical music because that tradition started more so in Europe. Mm -hmm. But I mean, the fact that we have such amazing blues artists, jazz artists, I've been on a, I don't know why, but I've been on a big country kick the last like month. Um, 
And all those types of music, I think, represent a lot of Americans and their stories, which is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have, a, I have a positive one, too. Believe it or not, uh, <laughs> something that I'm uh, uh, something that I love about uh, the U.S. is that when I when I've traveled to Europe, I'm way more aware of what I'm wearing, yep. um, how loud I am, mm-hmm. like just how I how I'm existing in a space, and that's generally not something that Americans care about. And I sort of like that f- that freeness where it's like th- there's there's less. Judgment, I think. I think there's less judgment here as far as what people are wearing, and mm-hmm. people are more free to talk loudly and not not be as like concerned with people listening in on them. And I like that freedom. I, right. I like, I like that you're not like, it. It just allows people to be themselves, right? And I, I think it it leads to less conformity and more just like, hey, if you want to be loud and obnoxious, go for it. And and right. yeah, people might notice, but you're no one's gonna like. It's it's not gonna be like a thing really like that. And I I love that. Right, right. And I would have to say, I agree with you 100%. And the other thing about that, too, is I think a lot of that freedom of expression and also being loud and obnoxious is why we do have a lot of stereotypes when you go abroad. And I've been very aware of this, I think, ever since the first time I went to Germany when I was 14. So I I agree with you Mm -hmm. uh, wholeheartedly. But the other thing, too, that, that I kind of like is... I mean, yeah, there are a lot of negative stereotypes about Americans around the world, but I think there's one stereotype that tends to ring true with a lot of Americans is that we're generally open and we're also generally friendly. Now, yes, of course, that can be taken with a grain of salt and it can also be on a superficial level. I'm not saying that all Americans are just ready to be everyone's friend, but I've been complimented so many times here in the Czech Republic. Um, you know, oh, you're, you're so friendly. Like, we really enjoy talking to you. Um, and so, so to me, that's always a really big compliment. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of that is, is associated with how we interact with one another in America, especially where I'm from in the Midwest. It's not that uncommon to strike up conversations with people you don't know and just have this kind of warmth and from friendliness to others. Personally, I don't like that, but I like that it exists. Let's put it that way. <laughs> like I'm one of those people that I don't like strangers talking to me and shit only, only because I don't like, I, I don't know, but like, I do like. I do like that that exists, and I do like, uh, for example, I was walking down the street yesterday, and I I can't even count the number of, uh, oh, I have a great one, a great positive thing that I don't know if you can relate to this. I, something okay. about being black that I love is that there does seem to be like a level of camaraderie between us, where it's like there's, there's like in certain situations, like for example, at my last job, whenever I uh, walk past any black person, at work, there was always like this, uh, like a nod or like a what's up kind of thing. Nice. Yeah. And uh, there's a comedian that makes a joke about that, saying like, uh, especially in situations like that, where it's like those the white white people don't realize what we're actually saying in a nod is like, damn, these white people. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. I mean, obviously, Jared, I can't I can't relate to that. And I think I think the other thing is but too, that means like, a lot to me as an American. Right. Like I can't do that with just random black people in Europe. <laughs> right. We don't have that sort of connection like, like right. it's, it's not different the same. and there there was also a comedian um that that i was watching that said something similar where it's like he he mentioned the closeness that a lot of you know black people have with one another where you know if they're in trouble they're willing to help each other out whereas he was like me as a white guy if there was like if a white guy was in trouble or if he did something stupid and wanted me to have his back like i probably wouldn't have his back yeah um, yeah and and so so it's definitely different and 
Well, um, we we are way more like accountable for each other. It's it, but I think it's out of necessity. It's easier for I think right. it's easier, much similar to uh, Kyle Corver's article. It's easier for the white people to disconnect uh, the, uh, from other people than it is for us, just because of uh, a lot of these situations. It's easy for black people to see themselves in in situations in, in the situations that our fellow black brethren are are in because it's right. it's very possible that no matter who you are you could be in that situation but it's very easy for i think people of other races to disconnect and be like that person's crazy <laughs> right right for sure but, uh, um so you kind of mentioned this but this goes even more broad or is even broader than uh than just music uh we're trendsetters and I love that oh, yeah. about about the U.S. I mean, you know, it, we've talked a lot about how it's a detriment as far as we we are sort of unaware of what's happening in other people's cultures, but we have the benefit of that because we we tend to make the art, uh, let's say, popular art or modern day art. Art's kind of mm-hmm. a little too general. We the the mo- more modern art that that is that is just broadly wanted and and appreciated and i think that's awesome whether it's movies whether oh, definitely. it's uh clothes whether it's um um music as you've mentioned mm-hmm. a lot of those things uh start in america and uh that's awesome right oh definitely absolutely uh so jared i'm wondering can we we've gotten pretty deep and a little philosophical with some of our topics I'm wondering if we can lighten up a little bit, and I, I want to give can you we? some only in America statements. Oh, I'm excited for this. <laughs> so here we go. Um, so only in America do people order double cheeseburgers, a large fry, and a Diet Coke. Yeah, that's for sure. And uh, only in America does that Diet Coke have unlimited free refills as well. <laughs> exactly. But it's diet, so you can have as much as you want. Exactly. <laughs> and and the, the funny thing is what, what America means to me in a lot of ways, sadly, is bigger is generally better. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right? So bigger house, bigger truck, bigger meal, you know, free refills, bigger cup, you know, it's crazy. Well, the state, the state of our... Um, of our of our gas prices and oil industry mm-hmm. uh, almost directly um directly dictates the size of cars people are buying like right. dur- during the recession um in 2008 and 9 small cars started to become a huge thing because gas was super expensive but as soon as that started going away and gas started becoming cheaper it SUVs started be- to become a big thing again and now in 2019 I'm not even exaggerating a car company cannot exist without an SUV, like it's impossible. Right. Oh yeah. Lamborghinis making SUVs. <laughs> yeah. Really? Interesting. Yeah, they make something called an Urus. There was a news story okay. a couple um, couple weeks ago about this uh, this preacher that mm-hmm. uh, that bought his wife a Lamborghini Urus, which is the SUV that cost, and it cost like two hundred thirty thousand dollars. And uh, he did it because um, it was like a, I'm sorry because he was cheating on her. Well, but you know he's a man of God, um, <laughs> and uh, he was trying to claim that he didn't use any of his church earnings for that. But it's like, dude, you're a you're a preacher. Uh, right. How is that possible? <laughs> right. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, but yeah, bigger is definitely better. That's definitely an American thing. So here we go, Jared. Only in America do banks leave both doors open and then chain the pens to the counters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> I never understood that one. Right. Only in America do we leave cars worth thousands of dollars in the driveway and put our useless junk in the garage. 
<laughs> well, not my family. We were, we were, we were, uh, my parents are pretty, uh, clean people. So we always had our cars in the garage, but yeah, I, I've definitely, that's definitely a normal thing. Only in America do we hide, uh, do we buy hot dogs in packages of 10 and buns in packages of eight? <laughs> that's such an old joke. <laughs> I don't know why we do that. I think, well, I, it makes perfect sense to me as a, someone that works for a company where it sort of forces you to keep the cycle going of buying more. Whereas right. like you can never at the same time finish one in the other, which means you got to buy more of one, but then you're going to obviously, then you're going to run out of the other one first and then you got to keep it going. Right, right. Capitalism at its finest, folks. Here mm -hmm. we go. Only in America, this is kind of a sad one. Only in America can a homeless combat veteran live in a cardboard box and a draft dodger can live in the White House. Fake nationalism, everyone. Right, right. Uh, looking at you, Cadet Bone Spurs. Uh, okay, <laughs> only in America will you get a Cadet. drink that is 30% uh, actual drink and 70% ice. Oh, that, annoy that annoys me so much. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I never thought about that. Like, they don't really do ice like that right. in, in Europe, at least. Nope, nope. Only in America can you go grocery shopping and uh, go an entire aisle to find your cereal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cereal's big business over here. And the cereal, it's crazy how many how many options we have. I was talking to uh, this Czech girl a while back, and, and she she normal. told they don't they don't they don't have that many options. In, I mean, they have they have. I would say it's like half an aisle, not even half right. an aisle. Like at the grocery stores I shop at here in Komutov, maybe it's a quarter of an aisle or so it's not they have they have options but it's not like in the states i mean the cereal aisles are endless oh, yeah. like There's it's a so full many two sides of an yeah. aisle exactly exactly yeah. um only in america do you have more fast food options than healthy food options mm -hmm. yeah yeah and i'll never forget when my friend thomas was visiting me in michigan and i was driving him around different places and we took the highway a lot and at, and at first, when he first came to visit, he was like, why? He was like, why do you guys eat so much fast food? And then he kind of started to realize like, oh, shit. Well, when you see a fast food sign, every freeway exit, mm -hmm. you know, it can get rather tempting to just, you know, pull off and uh, grab a quick McChicken or, uh, or a Whopper or something. And if you're, uh, if you're on a limited income, it's probably the cheaper option for you and your family. Right. Right. Oh, definitely. Only in America is your waitress upset if you're at her table for an hour and a half. <laughs> that is such an American thing. Dude, did you hear about, speaking of being on the internet, there is a huge hubbaloo, there we go, uh -huh, about uh -huh. um, tipping. Did you hear about that? No, what was it? Um, so I can actually probably play it, but um, there was this guy that was talking about how he, he was talking about saving people money on tipping, which mm -hmm. this is another only in America thing. <laughs> um, he was talking about how um, essentially he was saying um, that you only should be tipping on, um, on the pre-tax amount and that you could save, you know, blah, blah, blah amount oh, of money. That's because that's stupid. Uh, where it's, yeah, in my, in my head at first, I was like, I guess that kind of makes sense. But then I thought all this, like at the, only at the end of the day, like I understand why you're saying that and the thought process behind it, mm -hmm. but it's just a, at the end of the day, it's just giving. Like maybe you're still giving proportionally the right amount of money to like. Oh, what do you mean tipping on what the government's supposed to get? That doesn't make any sense. But like at the end of the day, this money's going to um, like the person that makes 
$2.30 an hour. So it's ridiculous to me that like, it's like, oh, so why, like, why are you trying so hard to find ways to give uh, this person less money? Like, yeah, you're tipping on an amount, like say the, the, the 7% or whatever that the government's taking, but you're not giving that to the government. <laughs> like right. you're giving right. that to the person that makes way below minimum wage because of this stupid system that we have, which is another only in America. Oh. I can I can play it. I found it. Want me to just play it? Sure, let's hear it. So you just wrapped up a nice meal, maybe even a nice date. Bro, I'm not your date. But then comes time to figure out how <laughs> that was to the sound tip. Guy. It's a seemingly insignificant decision, but it can add up over time. So much so that making one simple change could save you over four hundred dollars without looking cheap. So the question is, what's cheap. the right way to tip, and how much is the right amount? <laughs> I generally tip 10%. 15% of tips. 10%. My tip would be get a better job, go to school, and get an education. Oh, That's my Fuck tip that right now. She ended by saying, I'm just playing, by the way. Oh, just so you know. Hopefully it's not a surprise. <laughs> customary to tip 15 to 20% on top of your bill, according to the etiquette experts at the Emily Post Institute. But what exactly does that apply to? For example, take a look at my bill. It was $100 and then 108 after tax. So do you tip on the pre-tax or the post-tax total? Pre-tax. Post-tax. After-tax, generally. Okay, what's the difference? Because I'm confused there. This, by the way, that guy, he, they, were, they were in Times Square. That was a person wearing mm-hmm. a full Captain America suit. Oh, geez. Okay. <laughs> Tipping on pre-tax is absolutely fine. You don't have to tip on what you are already being taxed upon. I never knew that before. Neither did I. But it can be a game changer when it comes to doing the math in your head. Most people use two common tricks. And then he's just talking about how to contribute. Then he talks about how to calculate your uh, tip, which is saying, you know, for example, he was talking about in New York where he was, uh, Mm -hmm. tax was eight point something percent. And so a tip for uh, 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 not a tip, a uh, a tip for tipping (laughs) was to just double your um, double your tax. And then you roughly have, you know, what would be 20 percent. And I get where they're coming from. But I think it's BS because at the end of the day, the people that are getting screwed are, are – it's not like you're taking that money away from the government. You're taking that money from someone that barely makes any money outside of the, t- the tips they make. Right, right. That's true. And only That's in America true. do you rely on tips <laughs> right. oh, uh, it's horrible. To, to survive. It's horrible. Okay, Jared. So I have I have a couple more that I want to kind of just go through quickly. Sorry, so I've really go. just taken over these to only in America. So, <laughs> that's all good. I, I appreciate all the feedback. It's really interesting. So here we go. Um, you know you're in America or only in America when someone threatens to call the police over something trivial. Looking at you, Barbecue Becky and mm. uh, uh, Permit Patty. Yeah. There was another one I just saw the other day and I forgot to send it to you. Oh, no. I don't remember it now. But yeah, so... Please stop calling the police over something trivial. Police officers have more important things to do. Also, you know you're in America when you call the police for help and then you end up getting shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a depressing but a real one. Right. And that's, I mean, a lot of a lot of people in like the, and, and that's why I also hate the rhetoric of like, well, if he wasn't doing anything wrong, it's like, okay. It's like, yeah, he's doing something wrong by like living while black. Right. Right, and or then you, they you assume know, that he's the criminal. Right, just like that she, poor whatever. that poor guy in in Dallas that got gunned down in his own apartment. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, you're in America when you can't get by, there by training. If you can, it might be more expensive than flying. Yeah, you know, yeah. you're in America when you're talking to a person who can list all of the names of the starting lineup players of their favorite athletic team but can't name the heads of the three branches of government. 
You know you're in America. Those patriotic when. people also. Those are the those are the super right. patriots right there as oh, well. Oh, for sure, for sure. <laughs> Hand over your heart. <laughs> exactly. You know you're in America when you're talking to an expert, air quotes on the word expert, on foreign policy who can't name all of the continents. <laughs> you know you're in America, this goes back to the serial comment, when there are 62 varieties of the same product on the shelf in front of you, all essentially the same except for the packaging. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know you're in America when uh, the system of weights and measurements is a confusing mess. Yeah, no lie. Looking at you, Imperial System. And now here's just a couple comments about kind of some funny American English versus British English. So here we go. You know you're in America when you use a cell phone and not a mobile. Mm-hmm. You know you're in America when you rent an apartment and not a flat. Uh, here at the Untranslatable Podcast, we love language, so this is why I toss these in here. Uh, when you put your luggage in the trunk and not in the boot. Mm-hmm. When you live on the first floor but call it the second floor. So in America, our ground floor is the first floor. And in most other countries, the ground floor is called the ground floor, and the first floor would be the first elevated floor. Wait, so it would be G, one, two, three, four, five, six? Right. Okay. And in America, the ground floor usually it'd be, is one. It'd and just then, be one. Yeah, yeah one. And exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, let's see here. Uh, you know you're in America when you keep your clothes in a closet and not in a wardrobe. When you play soccer and not football. And lastly, I love this one, when nice ass is a compliment for you and not your pet donkey. (laughs) Or a fish fleshed if you're a Turkish. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Exactly. Well, Jared, do you have anything else to add? I think we could have talked about this for four hours because America means so much to us in a positive and a negative light. But I've pretty much covered the main things I wanted to discuss is there anything else you have to add? No, I think we covered it. Um, I wanted to talk about the illusion of freedom, but I think we kind of covered it. Uh, other than that, no, no. Oh, another thing I think that um, uh, well, there is one other thing I want to talk about. I don't know if this is just an American thing, but this definitely feels like an American thing to me because this is where I live. Mm-hmm. Is this sort of like this sort of uh, it, it goes along with the build yourself up by your bootstraps thing, which is very American. But yep. this whole concept of like. Um, the younger generations are ruining everything. I feel like that's a very oh, American. I hate that. Yeah, it's a very American uh, feeling notion. I, th- I I think though they have that in other countries too. Like I've Probably. heard the same sentiment in Germany as well. I can imagine, but to me, at least uh, living in America, I get so tired of hearing that. Uh, right. Speaking of which, we just had a twenty-nine-year-old do this amazing uh, scientific discovery with the black hole. So there you go, old people. Right. You're welcome. There, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> I'm and, taking credit for her. <laughs> and, as, and as we and as we've said on the podcast many times, I mean the 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 children and the youth they are our future, whether mm-hmm. we like it or not. They are our future. Yeah. Yep. Well, Jared, uh, we tried to find a song that encapsulated a lot of what we are talking about today, and I think we found the right one. Uh, can you tell our listeners our song and what it's about? This is by uh, Donald Glover, a.k.a. Childish Gambino, which is his rap uh, pseudonym. He uh, is one of my favorite rappers. I've, I've been listening to him for years and years. Let me, I just need to get my hipster bona fides out there first. <laughs> uh, I was listening to him way before this. No, uh, well, I was. But um, this, is, this is America. This came out, what, a year ago? Probably early last year, I think it was. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, um, it, I mean, I was, I was listening to it, obviously, before we started doing this. 524 
million views on YouTube. And that's just YouTube. Who knows where else people have listened slash watched it. Right. Um, and this is sort of Donald Glover's commentary, oh, Charles Gambino, whatever you want to call him, his commentary on America. And it, and it is at least my thoughts as someone that's watched it. And, I, I, you know, I try, I, I enjoy, I'm conflicted because I enjoy reading, um, you know, reading people's analyses of it. But sometimes I feel like, and this kind of the same thing happened with movies like Get Out or Us, which is, uh, you know, v- very, uh, very big in society and, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of social commentary, America, you know, United States of American <laughs> uh-huh. social commentary uh, built into it. And sometimes I, I don't like to just have it spoon fed to me because it's just like, okay, thanks for the. Right. What's but, the um, point? Yeah. You don't got to do any of the thinking. <laughs> but uh, so this is a. Uh, I mean, this is all symbolism and all, all commentary on America. I mean, he calls it "This Is America," and literally, the song is uh, "Is America." And so, first of all, let me start by saying, please, if you're going to listen to this, you're doing yourself a huge disservice if you're not watching the video. Like, to be honest with you, um, I, like the song is fine, but it's really the full. Like, I, I don't know if this song is good in the sense that, like, I would jam out to it on my iPod. I think that it has to be enjoyed uh, with the video. So the only way to watch it is to go to the Untranslatable Podcast Song of the Pod playlist and click on it there. It's the only way it'll right. work. <laughs> right. Oh, for so sure. Just scroll down on your little uh, on your little uh, pod listener thing right there, and there's a link. If if I know it does, it works that way on iPhones. I don't know if it works that way on all platforms, but I have a link to it right below. Right. Right. Um, it's a it's a it's an amazing video, and there's so much symbolism going on. Yeah. Do you want to some symbolism? Let's just. We don't have to talk about every single bit of it. Let's talk about some symbolism that sticks out to you. Well, I, I guess that. Well, to be honest with you, the first couple times I watched the music video, it made me uncomfortable. Yeah, for sure. Like he, like, like his facial expressions and the way he moves, and obviously all the killing of the people in the video, it made me uncomfortable. But it's a commentary. I think this is just my two cents here, but I think it's a commentary on how a lot of, you know, in American culture, there's been a lot of silencing, you know, of, of black people through violence, through shooting, whether it's through police officers, whether it's through, um, you know, gang violence, it can be through a lot of different things. But, you know, this, this also to me in a way represents because, you know, he shoots the gospel choir in the video, right? Mm-hmm. And to me, it seems like it's kind of silencing um, Africans Americans musical and cultural contributions to American society. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and another thing, I, I, along with those shootings that I noticed, is like how whenever after he, you know, he starts by shooting someone in the head uh, mm-hmm. that's playing a guitar sitting there, and then later, as you mentioned, he shoots the uh, the choir or the gospel choir. And uh, every time that he puts the gun down, it's like in this red, like this red, uh, like it's just the gun is treated so carefully and placed right. so like onto this you know, red uh, towel and almost like uh, chauffeured away. And it's right. like how, how like the gun is almost more important than the people that got killed. And another thing um, along with that, that that I noticed with those killings is that as soon as he'll do that is that there will be like dancing in front of it almost almost to represent like a distraction from a uh, Oh definitely. And and how and and uh and, and but you made a perfect you said a perfect word there is how it made you uncomfortable. 
and it's supposed to, but I think it's also a perfect just juxtaposition of the discomfort you feel, and then like, don't pay attention to that discomfort. Look at look at these people doing these cool dances. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Something exactly. That, something that took a couple watches for me to notice was um, was uh, he mentioned was. Above, um, you know, he's dancing with all these people and and always in the background of the dancing is just a whole shit ton of commotion going on. And it, right. it, once again, it, it kind of um, references, I, I'm guessing, that sort of obliviousness or ignorance to the reality of what's going on. Mm-hmm. And while, while they're panning around, they're in like this giant sort of empty warehouse where this is happening. And I noticed uh, like there was kids sitting along the balcony above, like take on their cell phones, taking pictures and and just like with their heads in their cell phone. And I th- I think that that was also a cool symbol showing that like people aren't willing to uh, actually be part of any of this or like or, like uh, respond to any of this stuff. They're just like either witnessing it from behind their cell phone or just like. Yeah, I guess that's not or anything. It's just that's it. <laughs> witnessing right. yeah. it from behind their cell phone and not actually witnessing it in reality. Right. Or and, realizing and, that this is reality. And to, to the students uh, from my school who have asked me about racism in America, and I've tried to try to tell them how complicated of an issue it is to tackle, especially me not being a black person, I think this video is a great representation of you know, I don't want to put words in, in any black person's mouth, but I feel like this is a probably a good representation of how a lot of black people feel. Am I right, Jared? I would say so. I would say so. I mean, as uh, yeah, I'd say it's like a good representation of like, um, and I don't think this is clearly like, I don't think this is fully sort of excusing excusing black people by the way i think they're part of this too like like especially like with the a lot of those uh like dancing references i think i'm not saying that that's only a black thing but i think that there is like he's not just referencing just like white people i think he's referencing americans and how like we're all distracting ourselves right and um and and how we're all also sort of um like detaching ourselves from these from this stuff by witnessing it through cell phones. Right. And it's and let's be honest, it's easier to distract yourself than really try to process and work through this and and try to do the right thing. You know, it's especially much when it's, there's so much too. Right. I mean, oh, like for sure. It's 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 overwhelming, especially with the with the violence that he he so clearly illustrated. Right. Uh, exactly. Like it, it's just, there's so much of it, and it's also hard to focus on it because as soon as something terrible like that happens, there's some, you know, cool new dance to focus on or whatever. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So for all of our listeners out there, as Jared mentioned, check out the music video. It's definitely worth the watch on mm-hmm. our YouTube channel, Untranslatable Podcast, which will also be out on our Twitter page, Untranslatable One, when the episode drops. I would also highly suggest, I mean, I know we discussed not being spoon-fed, but if English isn't your first language or mm-hmm. if you would just like to get more information about this, I love the web- website genius.com. Check out genius.com and type in This Is America. There's some really interesting annotations about the video that uh, draws comparisons to other songs uh, and, and American culture in general. And I think yeah. it's really helpful to read this and see... Um, you know, what others are thinking about it, what some of these things might mean, especially because there's a lot of slang terms in here as well that people might not know. Right. You know, what, when, oh, what does Owaka mean? I don't know. 
Okay, because th- there you go. I, I don't know. <laughs> Does genius say it in there? Because he did say uh, something about Owaka. Let's see. I see Blaka. I'm trying to find it. O-A-K-A. O-A-K-A. Uh, do you do you know where it where it's at in the song? Uh, now I'm trying to now I'm trying to look if I can uh if I can uh, I have the video up here. find it. Awaka. This is a celly. That's a tool. Oh, uh, get it work. Uh, contraband, contraband. Oh, oh, I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. Hunterband, 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 hunterbands. <laughs> contraband, okay. contraband, contraband, contraband. Uh, I got the plug on Awaka. They go find they gonna find you like Baka. Okay, hold up, hold up. Okay, um, okay, hold up. Um, OAX, I'm, not OAK, by the way. OAXACA. I can just look it up. Oh, is it I? Oh wait, O A X. Oh, uh, um, hmm. OAX is a state in Mexico, country famous for its various drug cartels. Gambinos, mm. and this is from Genius, by the way. Gambino is saying oh. he's got a drug supplier right, that in, makes o- sense now. in Owaxa, uh, who will act as, uh, thank you, as assassins for him. It's worth noting that Owaka in the south of Mexico is not known for drug trafficking cartels, which are concentrated at the border. Like Blaca is an onomatopoeia of gunshot famously used mm-hmm. by Notorious B.I.G. on Gimme the Loot. Writing for v- Vulture, Frank Guan broke down this line. Oh, wow, this this sounds really fancy. The incongruousness of Glover raised middle class and an NYU graduate bragging about his Mexican drug supplier and threatening to have you gunned down is intentional. It's a tribute to the culture. Here, we're spoon feeding you here. Um, it's a tribute to the cultural dominance of trap music and a reflection on the ludicrous social logic that made the environment from which trap emerges the logic where money makes the man and every black man is a criminal. And this is according to the genius annotation. I am not by any means saying every black man is a criminal. Um, uh, but just yeah. me. But that makes sense why. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense why he's, you know, before that he said hunted bands, hunted bands, and then contraband. And then right. he says, I got the plug on Owaka. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. First, I thought you meant ayahuasca, which is like a, a, hallucinogen. Like a DMT. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But, anyways, it's a fantastic song. Um, I, I also really enjoy the music part for, from it. The choir in the beginning is really beautiful as, as well as the guitar part. And I think it's a really interesting commentary about things going on in the United States. So give that a listen on our Twitter, Untranslatable1, or our YouTube channel, Untranslatable Podcast. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. All right, Jared, mm-hmm. before I quiz you on our check words, I have a very easy new check word for you. And this is Americhan. I'm going to guess that means American. Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, okay. So what what check words <laughs> was, do you remember? I, I, I was gonna say, are we gonna? I don't know if we're gonna do the quiz or not. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. So it's been tough. I haven't been. We. I haven't. I'm trying to. Um, I do remember yesterday. Yedno is a, another round. Mm-hmm. Uh, dobri den, plus dobri den is good day. Mm-hmm. Do, dobri vecher is good good e- uh, evening. Dobro Very good. Is uh good night. Last mm-hmm. week's. Uh, last episode, not last week, we do these twice a week. Uh, last episode with Don, I believe if I'm not mistaken, your I remember your uh, your check word of the pod was dobro, it was adventure. Oh, geez. Uh, dobro uh, drushtvi, I think was what it was. Dobro drushtvi. drushtvi. That's uh, a tricky one. That one does not roll off one. the tongue very smooth. <laughs> uh, 
Nuvite uh, Anglitsky, of course. Heshke right. Kluk. Oh, shit. Heshke uh, Kluk is a <laughs> good boy. Nuvite Anglitsky. Uh-huh. Do you speak English? Um, uh, I, what we need to do, and so I'm not just trying to think out the top of my head, is we actually, I should probably write down the ones I've remembered so I could... Uh, right. I could recall them more uh, quick, more uh, quicker. That's what I'm more looking quickly. to say. More quickly. Really? It's not so I can recall them quicker. More quickly would be what it is. I think that's like I. That would be the prescriptive I mean, English teacher uh, approach. Uh, anyways, also now another one that you can add a list is Sem Americhan. I am American. Sem Americhan. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, how do you say what is it? Sotoya. Sotoya. Okay. Mm-hmm. And right. so is what I, right. I hear that a lot when I'm walking around. I hear somebody go so like what? Uh, yeah, that's why I, that's uh, why I was yeah. trying to remember that one. Good. Okay, Jared, it's time for some American jokes. So here we go. Although some of the only in Americas in that segment, I think could have probably been moved <laughs> into the joke section. But here we that go. Was all, those were all facts. R- that's true. So what happened to the American when he broke his arm? Mm, what's that? He went broke. <laughs> That is a commentary on our horrible healthcare system for all those uh, out there who didn't get that joke. Go find right. me for my cast. Right. Why do, why do Germans love Americans? Because mm, it makes them look less racist. Because <laughs> Americans might now be the most hated people in the world. Oh, man. Uh, I mean, I guess it's kind of the same thing. <laughs> right. Um, so... Uh, my friend calls me up and asks me, hey, are you free tonight? What do I say? Uh, <laughs> just give me the answer. Of course I'm free. I'm American. There is a, um, there, that's a popular, uh, from some of those uh, uh, I Love America people on, on those dating apps, that's a popular, uh, popular line. From one to America, how free are you tonight? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. I saw one that was like. And I from, say America. I can't see you because I'm probably gonna be in prison for uh, <laughs> having right. a, a, a crumb of weed and uh, stuck to my bottom of my shoe. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Uh, what's What's funny too is I saw a similar one. It was like from North America, North Korea to America. How free are you tonight? <laughs> Jeez. Uh, I mean, so I, I guess it's that funny, was but that's funny. just like a yeah. It's a little insensitive, a little sad. But, you know. <laughs> All right, Jared. Now I think it's time to uh, wrap up our episode with a quote of the pod. Um, And I think, you know, I think we've talked about a lot of good and bad things about America. But I think one thing that we could agree, both of us, is what America means to us is diversity, but also challenges and the opportunity to hopefully make things better. Mm, I like that. That was that was parada. Well said. Well said. At first, I was I was nervous. I was like, oh, "Chad's gonna get too, uh, too uh, chat positive chat on me." Right. Yeah, you kept it real. I, I respect it. <laughs> trying to keep it more real nowadays, Jared. You know, trying to keep it real. Uh, good to know. I'm taking all that positivity and hope out of you. <laughs> That's right. That's right. All of our listeners can just slowly see the optimism dwindling with every episode. That's for that sure. Twinkle in your eye gets a little darker every day. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, we hope you all appreciated hearing our thoughts and opinions about what America means to us. We're curious to hear what the United States means to all of you, especially our listeners from all over the world. You betcha. Uh, it would be really interesting and probably very enlightening 
to hear your thoughts about uh, what the United States means to you. So let us know, untranslatablepodcast at gmail.com, untranslatable1 on Twitter. As usual, slide into Jared's DMs. He always loves it. Spread a little love. Check out our YouTube channel, Untranslatable Podcast, where you can find our episodes and also our epic songs of the pod playlist, which I like to bump all the time for many different occasions. So I'm sure you all will want to do that as well. So as usual, we thank all of our listeners from around the world for your support, and we would like to hear from you. It would be absolutely fantastic. So we hope you all have learned something new, uh, even though this episode did only scratch the surface, but I think we definitely discussed some deep topics as well. So let us know what you think. As Jared mentions, and I agree with his sentiment as well, please give us a review. Five stars on iTunes or Stitcher. That would be absolutely fantastic. And as we say here on the Untranslatable Podcast, Gekuya Man.